I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking about potentially owning in the process of buying or already owns their own home. My name's Leah Bunning, licensed loan officer, and I will be your host. <laughs> it's magical. I love it. And today I want to introduce our second guest. This is Stephanie Edison, realtor, boss ass mom, Yay. and friend. Awesome. Hi, everybody. So, oh, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's my first podcast I've ever been on. Really? Mm -hmm. You'll you'll like it. It takes a little getting used to because you're talking to people, but there's really not anyone like physically yeah. here. Um, but we can pretend. We can pretend there's people there. <laughs> okay. So today, Stephanie and I are going to talk about the importance of having a good and strong lender and realtor relationship, but... Before we get into that, I want to ask Stephanie some questions so you guys can get to know her a little bit. So Stephanie, yeah. my first question for you, if you had to describe what you do as a realtor, mm -hmm. and side note, so I know the like you have to, the real technical pronunciation is realtor, but I thought it was realtor. <laughs> It is re real tour, real tour, but I always want to say realtor. Okay. So just keep saying whatever makes you happy. There you go. Okay, so if you had to dis if you had to describe what you do as a realtor mm -hmm. to someone who is not in the industry, okay, how would you describe it? I would describe being a realtor as guiding people through the process of buying and selling a home while helping them take the least amount of Xanax possible <laughs> to get them through. <laughs> no, but actually, I mean, really it's just about helping people live their desired lifestyle through the home of their dreams. So it's not just buying a house or selling a house, it's your lifestyle goals and I'm helping them achieve that, whether it's they want to be living on a farm somewhere or they want that downtown lifestyle to be near restaurants and shopping or they want to live near the beach. So it's really about helping people live the life of their dreams. I love that. Yeah. And take less Xanax. And take less Xanax. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you like if they... Uh, this week, I literally had a seller that was like, yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Oh, I mean, I can imagine. So it it's it can be a very stressful process. And yeah. kind of speaking on that, since you get the opportunity to work with buyers and sellers mm -hmm. versus me on the lending side, I'm usually just limited to buyers. Yeah. Who would you say has more stress, sellers or buyers? You know, it's I don't think it's sellers or buyer. Mm -hmm. answer I think it's more about just personality I can usually tell when I start working with someone if they're just going to be fucking crazy <laughs> and yeah, I try to help them the best that I can to stay calm through the process but I think it's really just a personality thing if, if you spend your life stressed out 
and everything bothers you, then when you're buying a home, it's going to be stressful and every part of it is probably going to bother you. I, it, it makes sense. Because yeah. I see that too, just with even buyers, like some buyers are so calm. They're like, yeah, just whatever you say, mm-hmm. here you go. I'll turn it in on time. And others, it's like, Anytime you ask for something, they're like, oh, my God, is my loan going to like get denied? Um, like two weeks later, you're still asking for it. I actually had one of my buyers, I think it was last week, reached out and it was like 830 at night, I think on a Thursday. And he's like, um, I'm about to get divorced. I'm so stressed out. Aww. Can you? And I'm like. I promise nothing like there's nothing urgent or upsetting. Yeah. I'm like the underwriter just wants to cross their T's and mm-hmm. dot their I's. I'm like, I'll let you know if you have something yeah. to worry about, but I think you're good. Mm-hmm. Just deep yeah. breath, calm the wife down. Yep. You'll be set. Absolutely. So second question, real estate and work aside, tell me some things about you. What are some of your hobbies, your passions? Like what makes Stephanie tick? So I actually, for the last three years, my big why is what we call it at Keller Williams. It's your big why. What's your purpose? Mine is selfish and it's okay. Sometimes it doesn't have to be necessarily my big why is to you know, end world hunger. That's a great reason to want to be successful, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that amazing you can still do amazing things with money, but that doesn't necessarily have to be your big why. So traveling has been really important to me. It's something I've always wanted to do. Within the last year, I've had a lot of changes in my life with my sister passing away from breast cancer and our our mom has dementia and she's only 64 and her diagnosis is that maybe she'll have another year left to live. So right now my focus is I really want to be able to provide her one-on-one care and it's really expensive um, because she's getting worse and I just want to be able to give her the absolute best that she can have in the end of her life because she is such an amazing mom. I mean, she's still a great mom, but yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to get to meet her and spend a little bit of time with her too. So, and she's a great grandma too. My boys, they absolutely love her. And um, I have two boys, they're three and four years old. They're so cute too. (laughs) Yeah, I love being a mom. Is there potentially a third one? On the horizon, maybe so, someday. Um, we do want either three or four. Eric says it's my husband. If we have a third one and it's a boy, then we're stopping because he doesn't want another <laughs> four boys. So nothing like putting the pressure on <laughs> yeah. you with a question. Like... Yes, I've already mapped out exactly how to have sex to equal a girl. So whenever you want those tips, you let me know. I want to know those tips. I feel like this is something humanity has tried to solve. So if you've solved it, I want to yeah. know. Okay, I got you. That's probably another podcast episode for another time, but we'll talk about it. I like it. I like it. And share with everyone one amazing experience you've had as a realtor and one horrible one. Mm. I would say an amazing experience I've had as a realtor is retiring my husband from working in retail. Um, We both worked in retail and it was very soul sucking. And I actually quit my job while I was pregnant and making $70,000 a year without telling him I was going to do that. So 
he is very risk averse and you know as the i think men are more naturally they want to make sure they're providing for the family so come two years later um, i quit to go into real estate i knew that was what i was venturing into and what i was meant to do because we actually got our real estate license thinking we were going to be on like hgtv flipping houses and stuff like that like everybody thinks they're going to do so two years later i was able to let him quit his job and um, he came to work with me for a little while and now he actually runs his own inspection company. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's probably the most amazing thing. And now you haven't been in real estate for a crazy length of time or anything like that yet either, right? It's been five years that I've been in real estate. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it's been a minute. For anyone out there who is thinking about or potentially wants to get into the real estate mm -hmm. business, what are some tips that you would share with other people who have that interest? Yeah, so I actually have somebody right now that has reached out to me. They're interested in becoming a real estate agent. And I think finding the right brokerage is super important. At Keller Williams, there's so much training and it's very community and contribution mm -hmm. over competition which is huge because um, a lot of realtors, they want to keep their secrets. You know, they don't want to share whatever's working for them. But honestly, I've learned that I can tell everyone every single thing I'm doing and 98% of people aren't going to do it anyway because they're lazy. So I just try to help as many people as I can and hope that somebody actually takes the advice. So Absolutely. yeah, I would say find a really great supporting brokerage. I like that. And now I'm going to loop us back. Tell me a horrible experience mm. because... As much as we as humans love <laughs> the good stuff, we also, for whatever messed up reason, kind of love the bad stuff yeah, too. So I, for a second, I thought you forgot. And I was like, oh, good, she forgot. Hate, no, you know, no. <laughs> no. I don't typically focus on the negative. There is a lot of shit that happens as a real estate agent. And you very much have to keep your emotions between the lines is what we call it. I had a seller a couple years ago who, this was right as the market was starting to go up after COVID. And it was an, an elderly man. Um, when I met him, he said he was a judge in New York and he was still doing uh, judge work in New York. And we listed his house for way higher than we, I realistically thought was possible at that time. And this house was covered like head to toe in wallpaper. Like I'm talking the ceilings, every wall. Who puts who puts wallpaper on ceilings? It's it, in every bathroom, every room. It was. Was there a carpet horrific. in the bathrooms too? There wasn't. Thank God. <laughs> you would have thought. I've seen a lot of carpet in bathrooms. What is that? So, and then also just like pictures on every wall. Same thing, like floor to ceiling, wall to wall, pictures, <laughs> art, all kinds. So it was like, oh, this is. But the house had a lot of potential. Well, I got him a full price offer, which I was like, holy cow, we got a full price offer because I marketed the hell out of that property. I did virtual staging, virtual virtual renderings so people could see what it would look like if it was remodeled and not covered in wallpaper. It would be stunning. <laughs> like, it's actually pretty, I promise. Yes, you yes. just you got to see past visually. It. A lot of people don't have vision. So when I presented the full price offer, he said, we are going to hold off on selling right now. He said, but I'm a man of my word and I'm going to pay you your commission because that's what our contract says. And he is a judge, right? So I said, okay. So he's like, you know what? Well, why don't we, I'll pay you half now and then we'll relist it 
in a few months and then I'll pay you the other half. And I don't relist it. I'll still pay you the other half. And I'm like, okay, fine. I've actually never asked a, a client, buyer, seller, whatever, to pay me anything if we're canceling a contract. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I worked my butt off for this guy. He says he's a man of his word. He wants to pay me. Like, I'm going to let him pay me. Yeah. So months later, after he paid me the half, I think he started talking to his son who lived in New York and had some kind of friendship with a lawyer. And they had that lawyer call me with his son and threaten me to give that money back that he paid me. And I was like, what? Mm. Like, what is happening? So I called the seller and I said, I don't understand. Why is your son coming after me? It was like this nasty lawyer, super nasty. And you were happy with everything I did. And, and like, you this were the one who offered me. This is yeah. your son. Like, what is going on? And he was like, I don't have anything to do with it. It's my wife and my son, and I'm washing my hands of it. So I was like, okay. So I, I basically told them, they said they were going to report me to the board for collecting funds before we closed. And I said, I will report myself to the board. Like, if you think I did something wrong, I have no problem with that. And I did. And the board never responded, probably because they saw it and was like, what the hell? This is ridiculous. And um, they went away. Well, I'm I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad they did. Yeah. So now I'm, I really like to focus my business on friends and family of past clients, people that already know, like, and trust me. And I don't work with bitches and assholes. Mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. I have actually, uh, the term I use is fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> fired yep. a few clients Absolutely. before. Mm-hmm. I have. It feels so good when you do the first one. You're oh like, you feel liberated. Yeah, that you know, someone told me it, mortgage loan officer coach, great coach, and the advice he said, or the uh, advice thing he told us was that the day you realize you don't have to do business with everyone is a great day, and absolutely, and it was because. Yep. I'm sure you were probably similar when I first got my start as a loan officer. It was like, I'm going to do everything for anyone, anyone at all. And don't get me wrong. I'm still that way. Like I will help anyone and yeah. everyone, but people who appreciate it, people who appreciate it. And, and even like, okay, it can be a frustrating process. Yeah. I don't care if someone's frustrated, sure. if they're upset, but what I don't tolerate is disrespect yeah. and rudeness. And that's definitely where mm-hmm. I draw, draw the line. Absolutely. I had one, this lady, I mean, we, she didn't even fill out an application. So it was just an initial conversation kind of starting back and forth. And we had our initial talk. It went well. And then I followed up with her a couple of days later and she didn't answer. So I sent her a text and then I just got this, I mean, one right after the other, like, you're a terrible person and this and that. And I mean, mean words. And I was like, I said, excuse me. I said, I'm not going to allow you to speak to me this Mm -hmm. way. Uh, And I think, you know, at this point, we need to discontinue this relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you would like another loan officer, I'd be happy to give you recommendations. Mm -hmm. And then block. Yeah. And then (laughs) block. So I don't know. There's there's some people out there that are just a little. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's another lender and another realtor out there for them. It's not us. <laughs> exactly. 
And I think that is a great, um, it's just a great thing to, to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it makes your life easier. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a seller once who was unethical and wanted to lie about things that were wrong with the property that we were selling so much that I even, he was out of state and I referred a AC company to go and look at this AC because we were under contract and the buyers had done an inspection and the inspector said that the AC needed to be replaced. So he hired this company that I referred him to, which was actually a friend's company. And I trusted her and her husband. They had done other things for me on my house and other clients' houses. And my at that time, my husband was working with me as a real estate agent, not an inspector like he is now. And he went there when the AC guy went to service the AC and see if there was really an issue and mm-hmm. did it really need to be replaced. So the AC guy called my client after he looked at it and told him it doesn't need to be replaced. Like, you know, it's 13 years old. It's not functioning properly, whatever. And then the seller didn't know that Eric was there representing me at the time. So he mm. called me back and was like, oh, the guy said everything is fine with the AC unit. And I'm like, no, they didn't. Like, Eric was there. And, of course, he freaked out and was like, well, I didn't give Eric authorization to be at the property because he got caught in a lie. So he was pissed off. Yeah. And um, he refused to pay the AC company. It was like $180 for going out to the property. And my friend and vendor partner that was the AC company said, you know, Stephanie, this is your client. You know, he was so nasty to them. So nasty. Um, when they called to collect payment. And she said, Ugh. I normally wouldn't do this for this amount, $180. She said, but I'm going to, if it's fine with you, I'm going to put a lien on the property. <gasps> I said, absolutely. <laughs> like, do it. Like, you run your business the way you run your business. I run mine. Do what you need to do. Yeah. And then within a couple of weeks, I ended up firing him as a client anyway because I just, yeah. And I had done so Ooh. much for him. I helped him remodel that property from him being out of state, like, designed everything. Worked my butt off, and I was just like, you know what? No, like go find somebody else. Yeah. So I blocked his number, and he called and left me a message, and I didn't even know that like you're if someone leaves you a voicemail, it goes to, like this blocked folder. Oh, so it's like two months later. Yeah, two months later, I'm like, oh my god, I have this voicemail from him, and it was like a minute and a half long. Him going off about how he's calling like Better Business Bureau because he went to go close, and there was a lien on the property. Because he didn't pay the AC company. This is what happens when you don't pay your bills. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> I see the same thing on the lending side. It's it's pretty easy to tell when someone had a, like a life circumstance mm-hmm. or really something come up where they couldn't make payments on time versus someone who just feels like they don't oh, have to pay their yeah. bills. So entitled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so, and I was like, well, you must have figured it out because that was two months ago. I'm just not getting this voicemail. So I guess you never reported me. I never knew there here. was like a blocked, like subspace folder yeah. on your phone. I might have to go back. I will and- show you. <laughs> things. I clear it out often. I'm definitely going to have yes. to go check on that. Yeah. And this is definitely one of the reasons why you need a great lender agent relationship yes, to get through all this to craziness. get through all of this mm-hmm. craziness. And we're going to pull back and segue into that piece of today's show for you guys. 
and really just honing in on why it is so important to have that good relationship. And in this part, Stephanie, I'm going to ask Stephanie some questions, but then I'm going to answer too. Cool. And we'll get a little bit of perspective from the real estate side and from the lending side. I love it. So question one, as a realtor, can you explain the importance of the lender-realtor relationship from your point of view? Absolutely. So the importance of a realtor and the lender having a close working relationship is, I mean, like you and I, we're literally tied together through the whole transaction. You, me, and my transaction coordinator. <laughs> and I mean, even when I have people come to me that maybe they already had a pre-approval from somewhere before they came to me, um, I always recommend that they do a second one with you to see if they can get a better rate. Um, or sometimes they're loyal to someone else, which is fine. Um, but I have so many deals that even when they're not using you, you still help me through it because mm -hmm. problems come up and so many lenders don't know what they're doing. And I mean, God, I, I feel like I've been harassing you nonstop for last month because <laughs> I'm like, are lenders like realtors? Are there like 5 million of them now? Because they just don't know what they're doing. And well, it's I, have me. A, I have a theory on that. And I think it's because the market is there, there's a lot less business right now mm -hmm. because rates are high yeah. and people are getting desperate. Mm -hmm. And so I think because of that desperation, you have a lot of loan officers that aren't doing a thorough job. They just mm -hmm. want the business so badly yeah. that they're just saying yes. And mm -hmm. they're not realizing that it, there's some, there's power in a no yeah. too. Absolutely. So what do, what do you think the most important thing is about it? So from the lending perspective, uh, one of the things I love about having a good lender agent relationship mm -hmm. is getting to hear your guys' perspective because you're, you're the soldier, like with your boots on the <laughs> yeah. ground, like you're actually, armor. your armor, yeah, armor right now. <laughs> what would your weapon of choice be? It's probably like an automatic rifle or something. It's going to be I, hardcore. I was going to say a nunchuck, like... <laughs> <laughs> Serious? What's that thing that um, like just blows flames? The oh, flamethrower. Flame yeah. Something intense. <laughs> yeah. But so you guys are out there, like boots on the ground, and you get the first perspective to what's going on yeah. in the market mm -hmm. as it shifts, and uh, that is so important and vital to me in how I communicate with clients. The best way to structure deals you know mm -hmm. are we doing an interest rate buy down or is it better to just you know buy a permanent fixed rate instead of yeah. a temporary you mm -hmm. know all these things like i really yeah. rely on you guys and and vice versa i mean i come to you and you help me problem solve and come up with so many scenarios and mm -hmm. even a deal that i was doing where i was representing the seller you know the lender said that they had to turned down, they couldn't, they had to do a denial on the buyer and we were going to cancel the deal. And I'm like, what? And like, because of my experience with you, I'm like, I know there's other options and things that we can do to try to work this out. And unfortunately that deal didn't work out because that winter was just so terrible. Um, but yeah, it's important. We work together really well and definitely find a lot of solutions to problems because they come up. Mm -hmm. They come up and there's plenty of times I need your guys's help with a solution and two heads is it's better than one. Mm -hmm. So if a deal is having trouble or issues, yeah. 
being able to trust that I can come to you and we can just brainstorm mm -hmm. together is huge because I've, yeah. I've had deals before where the realtor doesn't know yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. Like I had one um, where we had a low appraisal and so we tried a rebuttal and this and that and the realtor was so scared to call the listing agent and negotiate oh and so they were like asking me how to do that uh, and i'm like that's oh, why no. when you ask me what's the i'm like get a good broker join somewhere they're gonna have, give you a lot of training and support mm -hmm. clearly wherever they were they did not have that no no yeah. not at all okay next question the market is shifting rapidly i think we all know that mm -hmm. How does having a good lender relationship help you navigate the market? Oh my gosh, so much. So, I mean, you've really helped me. I have clients that were looking six months ago and they just didn't, they couldn't compete with the 30 other offers that they were getting because they weren't in a place to put down more cash, more money, do approval lasers and all that craziness. So right now, what you've helped me do is take those buyers that now they actually have a chance of getting their offer accepted and show them what a, a two one buy down looks like and how we can negotiate a credit from the sellers and actually get them the monthly payment that they need and show them how it makes more sense to not waste money on rent and to invest into a home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's important just specifically in regards to the market shifting is let's face it as interest rates go up people's buying power goes down mm -hmm. and so i have to put so much reliance on you guys too to find a home for someone and that may mean they have to give up some of their wants mm -hmm. in a home because yeah. they don't they don't qualify for it as much simply because the higher rates less yeah. buying power and that's that's just the reality of yeah. it and like one of the reasons I love working with you is because when I come with come to you and I'm like, this is it, this mm -hmm. is what we got to work with, and this is the pre-approval amount, and this yep. is like, I never, ever, ever hear from you. Ooh, well, there's, there's nothing. Like, there's yeah. nothing I can do. Like, even when it's it seems a little out there, mm -hmm. you're still like, okay, like let me take it, let me see what I can do. It yeah. might be tough. Um, but that aside from, you know, I have some other agents and I'll send a pre-approval and they're like, <laughs> mm, <laughs> ain't next. nothing we can do there. And I'm like, uh, oh. I'm like, come on guys. I'm like, I need your, yeah, I mean, at least show the client what their possibilities are and let them decide what do they want to do with their future? Exactly. And our last question for today's episode, how does the lender realtor relationship help or hurt a client oh, it can hurt a lot i mean one of the deals that i was talking about a few minutes ago where it ended up falling apart it was it was the lender's fault honestly the lender sucked they didn't help protect the buyer um, that buyer is not getting their escrow back and um yeah i mean it can really hurt it, it can make the difference of you not getting the home of your dreams and losing your escrow money. I was just going to say, like, not only not getting the home, but mm -hmm. potentially also losing yeah. money. Yeah. Too. And now I'm sure that that buyer is probably super pissed with his agent, too, because that agent and that lender were like, buddy, buddy, 
Mm-hmm. And that's who he referred him to. So, Well, and I think this specifically is an important thing to share with everyone as well. So when you are going under contract and you're getting a mortgage, there's something called a financing contingency on the purchase contract. Mm-hmm. Can you give a little insight onto what that is? So the financing contingency... You're talking about the loan approval period? Yeah, the loan approval period and how that protects or uh, hurts potentially someone's escrow deposit. Yeah, so I mean, you've helped me through so many different transactions and helped educate me about different little things on the lending side that I didn't know before we met a few years ago. So really, you know, you have your, your loan approval period and it includes the appraisal now. That's something that changed in more recent times. And if you go past that period and you don't have your loan approval letter, then you're forfeiting your escrow if you haven't either gotten a denial from Mm -hmm. the lender or canceled the contract if you're within the inspection period. I mean, there's different ins and outs, but um, yeah, you have to really know what you're doing. There's a lot of different ways that um, your client can get screwed if you're not educated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that like you and I do a really good job on is explaining that, you know, making sure people's money is protected, that mm-hmm. hey, if there is any uncertainty with the loan potentially going through, we talk about that up front. Yeah. And then, you know, we know that date too. So mm-hmm. if something does go wrong or something's not doable, yeah. you know, we can protect the the buyer's interest. Yeah. It's kind of like our last out after the inspection period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love it. I think that, you know, gives people a lot of insight onto or onto into (laughs) the lender and realtor relationship and really just how important it is, um, you know, can really make a difference. Yeah, it's crucial. In your transaction. Mm -hmm. And Steph and I are both easily and readily available everywhere. So you can follow me or find me. On Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pocket, everywhere. All the things. All the things. <laughs> Lending with Leah. Easy peasy. And Steph, where can everyone find and reach out to yeah, you? Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram at Steph Sells WPV, which stands for West Palm Beach. And you can find me on Facebook as well, but I would say Instagram mostly. Perfect. Yeah, keep it simple. Nice and easy. (laughs) And as always, you guys, too, if anyone ever has a specific scenario that you want to talk to me personally about, find me on my social media, reach out, and we can always have a private conversation one-on-one, too. Well, thanks for having me, Leah. I appreciate it. This was fun. You're welcome. I can't wait to do it again. Oh, we will definitely be doing this again because real estate is like a never-ending thing and there's so much to talk about. So many stories. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in for episode five, and we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.